Welcome to another 99th episode. Yeah. Eventually there will be none. I know. Oh, that's going to be a glorious night. We're down from three, so that's good. We were waking up three times in the night to feed. Now we're down to two, so we're making progress. That's good. Good stuff. So, uh, so Paul. Yes. One thing that used to be the case, but isn't with my up in the middle of the night baby taking care of is that I used to have to often be awake from about 4 a.m. to 6 a.m. just holding the baby because otherwise he would cry. And if I held him in my arms, he'd shut up and go to sleep. But as soon as I put him down in the bassinet, he starts crying because <laughs> I guess that's what babies do sometimes. That's what they do. Whatever did you do with that time, though? I was watching television. And I, television. Yeah, I would watch TV Great shows mention. on my iPhone. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I caught up on Westworld, which is something that we were talking about a couple months ago. We talked about the first season because you had just seen it, but it had been several years since I had seen it. And I, I checked. It looks like it came out in 2016. So it's been at least five years since I had seen it. So I started again from the very beginning, watching season one. And that's a show where the details really matter. Yeah. And I realized that I remembered the broad bits of it, like the whole thing with William and the man in black and their, the general thrust of their story and the general idea that these the hosts are kind of becoming conscious, or are they? And <laughs> that's uh, the kind of big showdown that happens at the end of season one where everything kind of turned goes you know turns upside down and becomes a big disaster i remembered that stuff but there's all these like little little details that i didn't remember and in this show the details really matter that's what i found is like there can be a little detail that will make you think oh this robot is becoming awake and conscious or oh they're not you know it can be something as simple as Something you see on a screen somebody is using as they're analyzing the robot, you know, where it's like it'll say something that the robot did that is either confirms that they're just acting on script or it'll show that, oh, wait, what they did actually is contrary to what was on this little screen. So it shows that they're breaking away from their programming, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah, and it definitely seems like the kind of show that uh, watching it again like you're going to get so many more details cuz there's so much depth to everything. Yeah. Mhm. So, I'm really enjoying that and I'm on to season 2. But what I really wanted to talk about is more about the way I'm watching it, not just the fact that I'm watching it and what I think about it. But because I only had little bits of time to watch it at a time and I didn't have time to just sit down and binge watch four or five episodes at a time, which I think I did the last when I first, when I watched it the first go around, I think I watched episodes seven, eight, nine, and 10 back to back to back to back. Mm-hmm. And then when, when I did that, it's like just a fire hose of television watching. Right. And I sometimes lose the ins and outs of each particular episode and how things kind of, develop throughout each episode but what i've been doing this time is i've been watching an episode like every other day or so so probably like 
three episodes a week, something like that. Yeah, and so it gives you that time in between to kind of reflect on what you saw and kind of, I guess, like stew in it a little bit. Yeah, and w- what I've been doing is I've been listening to a couple podcasts that people have done about the show. Because, nice. yeah, there's a lot of really good, high-quality podcasts out there where people talk about each episode, and they came out as the show was coming out. And so it's not it's, – it's basically – them thinking about the show from the perspective of where I am with regard to my watching the show. So quick question. Yeah. There, there are high quality podcasts out there. Believe it or not. (laughs) Some people do a good job with their podcasts, Paul. (laughs) We got to get, get our our act together here then. Some people treat it almost like they're professional at it. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. I was doing that some when, um, when I was watching the Zatoichi movies, I found a podcast where it was a couple of guys that had bought the like the Blu-ray collections or whatever. I know at least one of them did. And they were watching one of the movies and then talking about it. And it was pretty cool for a while. But you could also tell that after a while they were flagging in their interest. Because watching 25 movies is definitely uh, a feat. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. I think it took me two years to watch all those. And I enjoyed every one of them. But it definitely, you know, like you have a lot more enthusiasm at the beginning. Um, so it can be tough to do that. But I think TV shows lend a little bit better to that because uh, not only are they a bit shorter, not that the Zatoichi movies were crazy long. Like a Zatoichi movie is probably less than twice as long as an episode of Westworld. Hmm. Uh-huh. But the continually building story, I think, makes a big difference because you're you're layering on what you're talking about instead of like everyone, like all the Zatoichi movies, there's like maybe very loose threads between them, but you know, nothing substantial. Gotcha. But anyways, yeah. So it's, what's funny is in this world of binge watching, I feel like I'm anti binge watching, which is just watching, (laughs) which is kind of funny when I realize that it's like, Oh, I found this whole new way of watching television. You watch one episode at a time. Then you wait a while before watching the next one. (laughs) It's it's kind of a a funny realization, but it was really funny explaining to my son, the concept of if you want to watch a TV show, you have to watch it when it's on. And if you miss it, you don't just get to watch it again. Like you might never see that episode. Mm, Yeah. It's really funny because it's like, you know, I mean, let alone kids like him, but I mean, teenagers and young adults nowadays don't get that. Like, they didn't grow up with that. That, you know, it's it's really strange to think about it, but like the concept of I might actually never get to see this if I don't watch it mm-hmm. is gone, you know? Yes. Yeah, very much is. It's weird how things kind of have evolved in that way. But what I found is that by... I watch an episode and then I listen to a couple podcasts over the next day or two about it. It helps me engage with the show a lot more because mm-hmm. sometimes they'll point out things that I didn't quite notice or they'll point out a scene where I thought one thing about it and they notice something else that makes me think differently about it. Or sometimes it confirms what I'm thinking about the show uh, all sorts of stuff like that. And I'm finding it a really enjoyable way to watch this show. And even though I'm not fire hosing it down my throat and watching three or four episodes a night, I feel like I'm able to stew in it longer and make the experience of the show last longer, which 
is kind of a a mixed blessing, I think, because I think in in there's so much good entertainment right now that I think sometimes I feel like I need to get through this so I can watch the next thing, you know, and well, I need to finish this because there's so much other good stuff that I want to watch that. Uh, you know, I need to like really just power through it, but I'm really just kind of ignoring those thoughts and just deciding, well, this is the only show I'm interested in right now. And I'm just going to kind of enjoy it and take my time with it. And, uh, I'm probably, it's going to take me these full eight weeks of my, um, paternity leave to get through the three seasons. That's kind of my guess. That's about uh, the the schedule I've got. So that's it's pretty cool. It's been a really fun way to watch this show, especially a show where there is it, it's so I guess theorizable, if that's a word. You know, like there's yeah. a lot of mysteries in the show. There's a lot of things that we don't know what's going on. There's it, and it's deliberately made that way. It's deliberately made to have a lot of mystery to it and a lot of is this happening or isn't it happening? What does this mean type of things? What are people really up to that type of stuff as opposed to just like a straightforward drama show? I think that's one reason that this show really lends itself well to giving it that space is it allows you to think about what do I think is happening here? You know, I, a part of the enjoyment in shows like that where you don't know what's happening and things get revealed as you go is uh, coming up with your ideas and seeing how they flesh out. Um, but with Westworld, I think it's more to it than just that. It's not like once you see the result, it's like cashed in and done. You know, it's like there are a lot of shows you try to watch them again and they just, they don't have the same anything because it's all about the surprise and Westworld isn't just about the surprise, but it definitely is one that being able to, to contemplate it and think about what you saw makes a big difference. You know, you talking about like this, uh, anti binge thing. I got me thinking about how I watch shows and I think I tend to watch it in like short burst binges, but I, I, I basically, I like, I watch what I feel like if I watch something, I don't go like, Oh, I got to finish this to watch something else. If I don't feel like watching it, I just stop. And sometimes I don't go back to stuff, even if I wanted to watch it. Like today I was just going back to watching Hawkeye. I had watched a couple episodes one day when I had the time. I feel like with something like Hawkeye, it's like I have to have like a lot of extra time. It's not something that I go, I'm going to dedicate my limited amount of free time to. But when I have a lot of time, like today I put it back on because I was sorting out some of my son's Lego sets. We're trying to like separate them by set and bag them up with the directions because he has too many Legos. And we're trying to like sort out and get rid of Lego sets that he doesn't really care about. So it can get down to the ones he cares about more. So he'll play with them better. Um, but anyways, I was like, well, let me put something on. Hawkeye was... Well, okay, you, you go, go to Hawkeye, but then well, I want to come back to that. <laughs> Hawkeye, that, that was how I watched The Mandalorian, was I was sorting out Lego sets. Um, it's engaging enough to keep you entertained, but you don't have to like be glued to it the whole time. So it's like the perfect type of show for that, where you have something dedicated enough that you're doing, but not something... Not something that takes so much attention that you can pay zero to the show, and the show doesn't require 100% attention either. Yeah, I think a, a show like Hawkeye is good for that because it's it's mainly just like kind of an action-adventure comedy type show. Yeah, and you've, you've watched the whole season, right? Yeah, I have, yeah. Yeah, so I, I'm really enjoying it. I might be on the last episode. Um, like, I love Kingpin being in it. I love that it's the actor from the Daredevil show, which I knew that that was the case already. 
I kind of forgot that he showed up in Hawkeye just because it's been a while and you know, I try not to pay super close attention to what everybody's talking about. Another reason I'm glad I waited on Hawkeye is as it was coming out, all anybody, well, not everybody, but like there were too many people out there. They're like, oh, yeah, Hawkeye, screw Marvel for not giving David Aha credit. Now, I agree with that, but I get so tired of it when people have to tie every negative thing possible to something rather than just enjoying it. Mm-hmm. And Hawkeye was like one example of that. I'm, I'm glad I took a little bit of time before I really got into it. So I separated from that some. All right. Well, I encourage you to finish Hawkeye because it's a good show and was a lot of fun. Okay, good. Yeah, I, I might be on the last episode because there's a heck of a lot of fighting going on. So, <laughs> Okay, yeah, yeah. Good. So these Lego sets, mm-hmm. you're bagging up the old Lego sets so you yep. can get rid of Legos? Yeah, there's actually such a thing as too much Legos. No, 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 Paul. So you you <laughs> See, think that's where, that. That's where you're wrong. Unless you're like up to your neck in Legos, I think you have the right amount, right? You know, it's it's funny. My son, if he has too much of something, it can prohibit him from enjoying it. Mm, okay. It's true with lots of things. Legos. When he was uh, littler, he really liked the, mo- the movie Cars, you know, the Disney movie. Sure. And he had some of the toys. So on Christmas, we said, like, hey, let's ask everybody to get him some cars from Cars. He got a bunch of stuff. Stop playing with them all together. Mm, okay. That was kind of our first inkling with it, but we've seen it over time. But um, we sorted his Legos out because he just like he would always ask for Lego sets. And he's got so many Lego sets and he likes free building a lot. Like he likes getting new sets and stuff, but like he likes free building. And we sorted out his Legos by color so we can sort down the sets and like get all the Minecraft sets bagged up. So that way when he wants to build them, like he has them, you know, Okay. because uh, right now they're just all mixed in. And it's a big cluster, you know. So there's those. There's uh, we were getting him Mario Legos for a while that he was all hyped about, but then like once we got him on got him build, he like he played with them a little bit and then kind of stopped. Um, but there's other sets in there of stuff that just like aren't as important, like Harry Potter or I don't know, just like whatever random set. So our first step is sorting out the Minecraft sets. We there were several built Minecraft sets around, uh, so. Like, I just took apart two Minecraft sets really quickly because the pieces were all there, basically. Like, I, I need to find one piece from one of the sets. And then he has at least three or four others that are already built, but he hasn't touched them, like, in months and months. The two, the first two that I took apart have actually been in my bedroom since his last birthday because we put them in there after he built them. So that way, all the other kids that were coming over for his birthday wouldn't end up destroying them. Hmm, okay. They literally have been in my bedroom since then without being touched. Okay. So... So yeah, it's, it's interesting, but like pairing them down to a usable amount makes a huge difference. And as comic fans, like you and I have seen this one, you know, like constantly we get way too much stuff built up to read and you get to this point of like, I don't know what to read because there's too many choices, you know? Mm, yeah. Um, it's, it's a similar conundrum to having streaming services and you go like, oh, I'm going to watch something. You go and you, you flip around looking for something to watch. But everything that looks okay, you go like, I'm going to keep looking a little bit more because I bet there's something better until you end up not watching anything because all you did was spend all your time looking around. So I think it's kind of like that and having just an overwhelming amount of pieces. When we had his Legos just all mixed in together, like he would play with them more because he would just like free build with them. But there's just too damn many of them. So like paring down the sets, plus, you know, the sets have weird pieces like thinning those out will be better. We actually bought him a bin of just like one of the like the creator bins with just a bunch of random pieces 
just so he could like freely play with Legos again while we were doing this. And he played with them a bunch. Then he kind of stopped and played other stuff and went back. So kind of meshed out with what we were thinking with it. Okay. But yeah, it's uh that one. It's just like the too many comics thing. You know, people are like, you can never have too many comics. Somebody asked that on Twitter the other day and you know, the different answers were interesting. You know, like one I thought was appropriate for most people's mindsets is just a little bit more. Like a little bit more comics is all, you know, this is the right amount, you know? Uh-huh. Um, but for me, like I I am down to, aside from books I have hanging on my wall that I'm going to keep just to have them hanging on my wall, basically, because I have the frames and it's like, if I get rid of the comics, I'll, I might as well get rid of the frames I paid 10 bucks a pop for. So it's like, once I cross that line where I don't even care about having them on the wall, then that'll be different. But aside from that, I'm down to, I think like five comics and four of them. I want to sell on eBay. And the other one was just one somebody gave me to read that after I read it, I'm going to give away to somebody. Hmm. Everything else, I have plenty of trades and, and stuff like that. I have plenty of digital comics, but I've definitely flipped that mindset from how many monthly comics do I want to have? How many short boxes do I want to none? The answer is none. Hmm. I feel. <laughs> Had to let that one sink in a little bit. Stew, stew in you a little bit there. Yeah. I, the, the, there's a big battle going on right now between my rational mind and my visceral mind. My mm. rational mind says, oh, that's a perfectly reasonable decision to make. But my visceral mind is saying, what is wrong with you, Paul? So, yeah, it's yeah. it's weird to get there. But now like, I'm literally to the point where I would not want to buy a floppy like i the only way i would buy one is if i go like oh i'll put this up in one of my frames and just like cycle out a different one or you know that i understand yeah. like i would buy some for I, I would buy some for my son like he has a short box of comics and I actually since i sorted everything down i have a short box that has like the x-men on it instead of just being a plain short box it's a little bit smaller than a normal one so i told him i'd give it to him but he has to like, I went through his comics with him. He didn't want to give up any of them. But he doesn't look at them that much. Every once in a while, he'll pull them out and kind of rip through them. Mm-hmm. But it's not like he has them because he curated that collection. Like, they just kind of came about. So I told him he can have the, the X-Men box if he he sorts through his comics with me and gets rid of enough for them to all fit. So, ah, uh, but yeah, okay. I mean, he just has a bunch of stuff that, like, I've picked up for cheap or whatever. And he just he has fun looking at them. But as okay. far as reading goes, even for him, it's better. Like, I've gotten him the first, I think, 11 or 12 Adventure Time trades. He really likes those. Stuff like that. So, you know, okay. just still reading, different way to uh, to approach it. But um, it, I guess it really goes to show that uh, everybody values something differently. And getting rid of Legos and comics is, <laughs> is one that tends to uh, elicit a response. Well, I just remember as a kid, always feeling like I wanted more Legos. Mm-hmm. I had one castle growing up, and I always thought, man, if I had another castle, I could combine them together and make one bigger, more mega castle. And I never had that opportunity because I only ever had the one castle. So there was always kind of something in my mind is if I only had more pieces and more stuff, I could make bigger, more elaborate, really cool sets that I didn't have the ability to do. And um, same thing with pirate ships is I had one of the first two pirate ships. I had the smaller of the two original two pirate ships. Mm -hmm. And I always thought, man, if only I had 
more pirate ship pieces, I could make an even bigger pirate ship. And that would be really cool. And uh, But I never got like bigger pirate ship pieces. So was never able to do that. And so in my mind, I always thought, if only I had more, that would be really cool. But on the flip side of that, when I think back to how I played with my Legos, I would typically just build the sets. Yeah. And that that was a lot of how I would play with them. Like I wouldn't really build my own new castles very often. I would just build the castle from the set most of the time. Yeah, and then you would play with it like a playset, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. I mean, that that's that's how I played with Legos mostly, and my son's just different than that. Like I, I honestly don't know if he really cares about having sets. Like he likes to kind of come up with his own things. But it'll be interesting to see this where we take like a big step back, pare stuff down, and then he could build some of these sets, but then like play with them. And if you're not going to play with them, we're actually going to take them apart and put them back away as a set. Um, and then with, you know, like with the Minecraft Legos, even if he doesn't really show interest in playing with them, we're going to stow those away for like, you know, if nothing else for like posterity, you know, for him to have when he's older. And who knows with Minecraft, it might be a thing where he loves it now as a kid and then Maybe he keeps playing it forever because I, I mean, there's a, plenty of adults that play Minecraft because there's so many things you could do with that game. So maybe it's one of those things that's always going to be a part of his life. Maybe it'll be one of those things that, like, I think we've all experienced where you're really into something and then you stop because you get older and start getting more interested in social things. And then once you get used to those social things, basically, you start to, like, reintegrate other things that you enjoyed in because you're not focusing all your attention and energy on learning how to, you know, be hang out with friends and chase girls or whatever you know mm-hmm. but yeah he just he's also he's he's a different kind of kid like he he came home from school today he his school vacation starts um after you know after he had school today uh out here they have a, a week-long february break also like growing up in california we just had you know spring break in in like april or whatever uh, but here they have one in february and uh, so I went and picked him up from school. He had a, a minimum day to day and brought him home. And I told him, cause I knew that you and I were going to record. And I told him that if he read some of his book, he could play Roblox. I figured, okay, he's just, you know, he's just going to want to jump in and play Roblox. So we get home. He's like, well, can I do something first? And I said, yeah. So he gets out this notebook and he writes two short stories. Whoa, cause he had an idea cool. and he wanted to write They're They're like paragraph long short stories. Okay. And he then he read the stories to me. And one was the sequel to the other one, you know? So he like he likes being creative. He likes to go wherever his mind is prompting him to go. So it's like he he doesn't wanna have to follow a certain pathway, you know? Having a bunch of Legos, he doesn't want to have to build a bunch of sets and then play with them as sets if that's not what he wants to do. Yeah, he might sometimes want to do that, but really he wants like the freedom to to do what he wants to do, you know? Well, I begrudgingly and i want to emphasize begrudgingly (laughs) except that there may not be any one correct way to play with legos (laughs) begrudgingly though i'm just just for the record yeah it's funny because like him playing with legos growing up like i like building sets so it's like i would always be down to help him build a set or when he was younger build sets for him then when he would want to play creatively, like my wife is good at that. Like she's good at just like coming up with stuff. I don't really care for it. Like I, I'm sure I did it more as a kid, but like, especially with having like all the Legos mixed together, like if it was just like base blocks with some variation, I would probably enjoy it more. 
but like I don't like it like he does and like my wife can do you know it's it is funny like everybody's gonna have a different way that they mesh with stuff you know I remember building a lot of my own sets when I was younger when I had a lot of space Legos I would build a lot of my own spaceships but when I got older and I started getting the castle stuff and the pirate stuff that is when I think I more so just built the sets and then would play with the sets like play sets like you mentioned yeah, yeah and I, I think things get oversaturated now too it's like he has a lot of minecraft sets there are a lot of minecraft sets he doesn't have and he's gotten to the point now where like uh, one we recognize he doesn't need all of them and he recognizes he doesn't need all of them it, it's just it's it's almost like oppressive how much stuff they have and his cousin i i don't know how much it, his his cousin loves legos and like gets tons of sets but then part of it, I think, is his mom, like, falls into that mindset of, like, we'll just get him all the same stuff, you know? So he gets, like, every Lego set of the things that he likes from gifts for people. And as he's gotten older, it's like we stopped getting him Legos for presents and we get him different stuff because, you know, it's like he gets enough Legos and we're better at picking out gifts that'll be fun for a kid his age uh, rather than just, you know, guessing and screwing up or... uh just getting the the same stuff that that he always gets. But yeah, it's sorting out the like the the prefabricated sets. I guess you'd say like the you know the the design sets also gets rid of lots of weird pieces that just get in the way of creativity. I think you know it's like they make very specific Lego pieces to build things now instead of like making a set out of kind of base building block pieces with Legos and. It's good in its way, but it also, I think it kind of lost some of the charm that it had when you and I were kids. Yeah, I remember there being the specialty pieces being few and far between when I was a kid. Like, I remember the specialty pieces would be like tree leaves or the the castle panels or sometimes like a really unique cockpit piece for a spaceship. Yeah, and now with all the different sets he's gotten, there's so many different cockpit pieces. And to make variants to sell you know, 10 sets of like Star Wars Legos or whatever, there's variants to all these pieces rather than it being like using the same pieces to build the different unique ships or whatever. So mm-hmm. it's, it's changed is what it is, you know? And I, I think it's a lesson too. And we've talked about this in other ways before, but it's a lesson in remembering that things don't have to be enjoyed the way that we did it as kids. And, you know, like, for example, I grew up loving Ninja Turtles. I never tried to make them like Ninja Turtles. He, they're definitely not his favorite thing. He enjoys them sometimes, but, um, you know, like remembering that he doesn't have to enjoy things the way that I did is important to give him the freedom to, and then also not to end up like wasting a bunch of money on stuff that he doesn't care about. Gotcha. Yeah. So in, 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 in a tangential line with that, uh, another thing that we had too much of, cause he kept on saying he wanted things that he then wouldn't use is video games. Uh, when we got a switch, he like he loves like all kids nowadays. He loves watching YouTube videos, so he'd watch people play games and stuff like that. And he kept on asking for these different Mario games, and so we ended up with Mario Odyssey, which is like the I guess you say like the core uh, Switch Mario game, the main Mario game. Yeah, and then uh, Mario Maker Two, which is a game where you could design your own levels and then play them. Um, I, we got Mario 3D All-Stars that collected Mario 64, Mario Sunshine, and Mario Galaxy. And we got some Mario 3D World 1. I can't remember the title. It's so convoluted. But uh, my son would know and would correct me for saying it wrong. 
Um, so we had these four different Mario games, and like all he would keep going back to is Mario Maker. I tried to get him to play Odyssey. It's like it's kind of too hard for him, but he also has d- no desire to get good at it, good enough to play it and enjoy it right now. And you know, I'm thinking like, why would I want to try to make him? You know. So I tried playing it, so I was like, I don't really want to play this. And the Mario 3D All-Stars one, like, I've played all three of those games to completion, and I don't want to play them again. Like, they, they don't have the the replay value to me that, like, um, you know, Mario World would have. But, the like, the kicker was, I went back to trying to play Breath of the Wild again. Mm. And I realized I didn't want to play Breath of the Wild like, I've been trying to make myself play this game for two years and enjoy it, and I've restarted it three times, and I've gotten a little bit further each time, but I realize the problem is just that I don't want to play it. There are things about it that drive me nuts. Like, your weapon breaks so quickly, so you have to keep on finding new weapons. And if you find a good weapon, it's not like, awesome, I got this good weapon I'm going to get to keep using. You get to use it for, like, six hits, and then it's gone anyways. So like, what's the point? That's oh, that's annoying. frustrating. And then there's, like, you find these different things, and you can make recipes to make, like, food that heals you better and can give you different things. It's just a little too complex, a little too convoluted for me. And I wasn't enjoying it. I finally said, you know what, screw this. I'm not playing this anymore. I tweeted it out to see if I could find somebody that would want to buy it, and I sold it to somebody. Cool. I gave it a shot, you know, but uh, I just kind of finally gave up on it. But I also had Link's Awakening, which is a game that he asked for, and then tried briefly and then didn't want to keep playing because he just wanted to go back to the games that he loves, Minecraft and Mario Maker 2 and whatever. I played Link's Awakening. I loved it. It's a a remake of a Game Boy game. Yeah. So it has the simplicity, but it's like they it's completely redone graphics and everything. You know, it's not just like a port. And it was really fun to play because it was more simplified. Still had the, you know, some complexity, but it was the, you know, the the good old Zelda um, approach of you have to find the first dungeon to go to to get items to be able to beat that dungeon. But then those items allow you to explore more parts of the world you're in to get to the next dungeon, so on and so forth, you know? So very, like, old school Zelda style. Well, I guess it was because it's for Game Boy. It's probably exactly, the, yeah. like, third Zelda game made, second or third Zelda game made. Yeah, and pretty much the same kind of... Uh, gameplay design is the one for the super nintendo i'd say Mm, okay and it was done really well too with how like the because the island you're on an island and the space of the island is only so big and to get to different areas of it you have to like i said in the dungeons you find different things like when you get uh, a power bracelet well now you can move some rocks to get to an area you couldn't get to before and you know when you get the hook shot you can cross some gaps you couldn't cross before and stuff like that yeah. so they built it really well to where this this island area is intricate enough that you can get where you need to go without it being any kind of big hassle but you can't get to the areas that you're not ready to go to yet so that way you keep on unveiling more and more as you go Really well done. I really enjoyed it. Cool. That sounds like it would be a really fun Zelda game to play. You know, a Zelda game that I've always been interested in playing, and I I say this having being in the middle of a Zelda game that I started like six months ago and never finished, so (laughs) who knows if I'll ever get to it. But that Super Nintendo, the Super Nintendo Zelda game, what was it like? uh, Link to the Past? Yeah, Link to the Past. I've always heard that one... Uh, described as a very good Zelda game. That's that's my favorite. That's the game that was like the perfect. I was the perfect age to like have come into my own playing video games. Really, kind of figured out what I liked and stuff. That was a. It was 
complicated enough to challenge me, but my skills were good enough to handle it without it being too much. Like, I was able to play it without any help or anything. Um, but that's why, like, the Super Nintendo is, um, like, reminiscently my favorite system. Because, like, I was at that right age. And that was, like, the the best Super Nintendo game to me was that game. Like, that's... If I had to choose a favorite game of all time, that'd be the game that I would choose. Oh, interesting. Yeah. It's not to say I haven't played games that are better than that since then, because games obviously have developed. But oh, of course, you know, yeah. when you look at it with, um, you know, kind of in conjunction with, you know, recognizing the differences in the the generations of systems and stuff like that, and then like a big factor of it isn't just how good of a game it is, but how did it fit into your life? Like, you know, you have to also be at that right point in your life for a game to have that meaning to you. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. definitely the one for me. Cool. Yeah, I've never played that one just because I, I skipped Super Nintendo entirely. So yeah. I think I played it a little bit at a friend's house, and all I remember is like going into some sewer and kill, fighting some rats or something. <laughs> and I thought, oh, this seems kind of stupid. <laughs> <laughs> but, of course, it's that's based on like playing the first 10 minutes of the game. And you know, in the first 10 minutes, you're not already in some awesome dungeon or anything like that. So. Yeah, and what's cool too is if you ever do get a Switch to be able to play more of the Zelda games, I know we had discussed that some before, uh, you can get the Nintendo Online membership, which is really cheap, but you can play it on there. So it's not even like you have to get a Super Nintendo or something like that to be able to play it. You can do it on the Switch. Oh, okay, but you need to have the Switch to do it. Yeah. Okay. When you said Nintendo Online membership, I thought like it would be like a web-based application where i could play on my computer (laughs) zelda games or something and i thought okay now we're in business i'm sure there are shady ways that you could do that probably yeah i know (laughs) but it's it's at this point it's like it's not worth my time to figure out (laughs) the shady ways to do it i'm just like eh who cares that's how i am too i i've had you know people talk like when they came out with the nintendo classic and the super nintendo classic or whatever they were like the the little mini systems that had a bunch of built-in games you know i'd have people like oh i can i can tell you how to hack them and then you could have every game on there and i just always like i was just like i don't want that i don't want every game like i don't have time for every game i don't care about every game like whatever's on here is good enough yeah because i've heard uh, about people like being able to take a raspberry pi and program mm-hmm. them to basically be a Nintendo and yeah. have like every Nintendo game ever, but it's just, I don't know, has, yeah. has never been quite worth it for me to do that. Yeah. Like honestly, if I was going to do that, I literally would, all I would need is, uh, to have turtles in time on there. I'd be set <laughs> all that work nice. turtles in time. That's, that's good enough. Don't need any of the other ones. There you um, go. Yeah. It just goes back to that thing, too, of, like, access to too much kind of keeps you from getting around to enjoying anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of enjoying things, I've been enjoying the show Yellowstone. Oh, yes, yes, you sure have. So we're jumping back and forth here. We we did TV, then video games, and now back to TV. Yeah, we, just, we have such smooth segues that people don't even see it coming, you know? Yes, and also, <laughs> uh, yes, we're quite zigging and zagging through this conversation. Very professionally, I think. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, it's a pretty amateur, Paul. <laughs> Actually, believe it or not. <laughs> good, good. I don't get paid for this. So I wouldn't want to be too professional. But yeah, so I, uh, speaking of TV shows, and I, I've kind of paused on it a little bit because I binged this show hard. 
Uh, I got started on it a little bit. My wife kept on telling me about it because she was seeing advertisements for a show that I guess she calls a spinoff. It's like a prequel called 1883, and it's about the same family, but in the past. Yeah. And it has Sam Elliott in it. So it's like, okay, well, that's got to be good because you can't not like Sam Elliott. Uh, and so this show, Kevin Costner is uh, is the dad of the family. He's like the, I think the only big name in it really. Um, but the it's definitely like an ensemble cast type of thing where like all the family members are key stars in the show. Um, and I got started on it because my wife kept talking. I was like, I should just give it a shot. And one thing that's weird is it's made by Paramount, and you can watch it on the Peacock streaming service, but not on the Paramount streaming service. That doesn't make any sense to me, but whatever. Hmm. Um, but I, I started it out and at first it was like really, really dramatic. And it struck me like some shows that I don't really want to watch those type of shows anymore, like Breaking Bad or Sons of Anarchy or Game of Thrones shows that are just like really, really dwelling in the negative things, you know, and nasty I was worried. people doing nasty things type of shows. Exactly. Yeah. And it's like, okay, there's, it could be nasty people doing nasty things, but if there's if the nastiness always wins, if the stuff never settles down, if things don't ever get fixed, then I just don't want that. Like I don't want a show that's just dwelling in negativity. So I was a little worried that it was going to go that way because it was definitely starting off that way. So I, I kept watching, and I was worried it was going to go that way. But then after the the first episode was just like so heavy handed with building up all this, you know, like really giving you a sense of where you were at basically quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, but it settled down after that, you know, there is still a bunch of bad stuff happening, but then good stuff happens. And, you know, you always find like, what's your biggest rooting interest when you watch a show? Like who, who's the character that you want to come out? Okay. Like you, you might care about other characters too, but you always have that like number one thing you get tied to. And in this show, uh, you know, like I said, Kevin Costner is like the, the father of the, the family, you know, he's like a grandpa age and his kids are all grown adults. And one of his sons, was like the black sheep of the family, I guess you'd say, and kind of split off on his own and doesn't want to rely on his dad. Um, and he has a wife and a kid. So there's my like core rooting interest is, you know, the innocence of the kid, you know, and, and the wife also is like one of the few people in the show that's actually a good person. That kind of gave me that rooting interest. But of course, like, what do they do when bad things happen? They start teasing that the bad things are going to be aimed at the kid because that's the most vulnerable thing to, uh, to attack. So I, like I, I worked through watching the first season. I got into the second season and then I binged like, I think six or seven episodes one night of the seven, uh, the second season and, um, stayed up to like three in the morning watching it this one night. You and, need to listen to the first part of our conversation yeah. Paul, about and, and anti binge watching. And it, this is so unlike me now too. Like I don't do this. Like I don't, especially staying up that late. And I would have watched more. If I was younger, I just would have probably stayed up all night watching it. But I finally stopped a little bit before three. as like, I can't keep going because I wanted to. I wanted to just play the next episode. And I was off the next day, so I'd have that going for me. But I definitely am not as resilient to not sleeping as I used to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Tell me about it. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, it really blew me away, though, because I do not binge like that anymore. Anything. So is this show, is it? just like a a drama it's a drama it's so you know kevin costner and his family so kevin costner owns this massive ranch in i think it's montana and it's like he's he's the ranch owner who wants to protect his land he owns way more than any one person should 
Then you have the Indian tribe on the reservation that's being led by, um, you know, they have an ambitious leader who wants to kind of regain for his people things. But, you know, of course, it's like with anybody, there's the, the altruistic, like, you know, we were taken advantage of and I want to get back what should be ours. But really, like, there's the individual power piece of it where, you know, it, it's it's a political position for, for the the um, the chief or, you know, whatever. I don't think chief is the right word. I think there's a different word I should use, but I'm, I'm sure it's escaping me. And then you have the entrepreneurs who are wanting to build stuff in, in the area and the, you know, Kevin Costner, like he doesn't want that cause he doesn't want his land messed with. He doesn't want to be encroached on. There's just all this dynamics with this where they're, they're trying to do things to basically like be able to, to rest some of the land away from, from the, the family. Um, you know, the, the Indians, uh, the Native Americans, sorry, I should also be saying Native Americans, the, the Native Americans want to gain land back, all of this stuff. So you get this, like, uh, kind of triangle dynamic of everybody fighting for control of things. Then you get this really nasty couple of guys that come in in the second season, and they're doing their thing, they want their power, and they're the types that will do, do the most vicious, nasty stuff to get what they want. So you start getting them going after all these three different groups and they, they kill this one guy. They, they kidnap the kid. They like all this stuff goes on. So the second season ends with resolving that and it resolves pretty well. Like the, the bad guys get theirs in the end, the kid gets saved. And then you're going to the, into the next season, which this is where I pause. It's like, I need a breather from this. Yeah. So I, I, I basically binge through the second season. I had like a couple episodes left to watch after my big binge. And then I was like, I need a breather now. You need to slow down. I like, I want to get back to it and probably finish watching the the third season while I'm on this vacation that I'm on. But, uh, very good show. Like I'm, I've really been enjoying it. And then once I get through this, I want to go and watch 1883. Yeah. I've heard really good things about that. My brother-in-law was telling me about it, that he, he's thought that Yellowstone it took him a little while to get into it but then he really did but he said he watched that 1883 and it was like from the get-go he was totally enthralled and loved it yeah I I think once you have the exposure of Yellowstone like you can go into 1883 and you don't need everything to be built up the same way like it took a little time with Yellowstone and uh I saw I saw a fantasy football analyst that I follow tweet about Yellowstone and they said that a certain character was their favorite. And I despised that character at that point. Like a lot of the characters at the beginning of the show are just despicable. But then one thing that happened is over time, they became more human. You saw some of the reasons why they were so despicable. And it's like, yeah, they were still pretty despicable. But you, you know, you saw them more as human and then also dynamics between people changed as the show went on. So I definitely see where with Yellowstone, like it's, there's a lot of aspects of it. They're grading to start with. Um, and then with going back to 1883, it's just, you're not going to have the same dynamics, but you have like the buildup of like what they're trying to do and stuff like that. So um, yeah, it's, I'm looking forward to getting into 1883 and I've really, really enjoyed it. So it sounds kind of like maybe, Breaking Bad for Ranch Land instead of meth. Kind of, except that that's where, I, you know, I was saying, like, Breaking Bad is a show. I don't really like watching those type of shows anymore because they just get so, you get so sunk in the negative that there is no positive resolution eventually, and it just gets worse and worse. 
So it's just like you're watching everything fall apart till it does. I guess I, I meant that more in terms of like the type of drama that yes. it is. It it's is not that type like of drama. an action adventure. It's not a whatever. Yeah, is, there there is or, action or genre, in it, um, and stuff like that. But it's it's definitely like it is a drama with a backdrop of uh, of you know cowboys basically. Okay, that that's kind of what I meant in the. Yeah. Breaking Bad, if you had to nail down what type of show it is, I'd say it's like kind of a crime drama or, you know. Yeah, it's, it's a, like a, it's a drama. A drama set around the context of meth and crime. Yeah, so you have those crime elements, but you don't like it. That's definitely secondary just to like the overall fact that it's a drama. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's a pretty good way to look at it. Okay. Yeah, I have no idea if I'm ever going to watch this show, to be honest. <laughs> it's likely because it's on a streaming service that we don't have. So I'm not anxious to sign up for that. And as it is, I've got plenty to watch with Westworld. And I want to get back to Doom Patrol uh, eventually yeah. one of these days. That's one of those things. Like, there's just there's too many options right now. Like, we don't have Netflix. I don't really want to sign up for Netflix. I actually bought the Blu-ray of Neon uh, Genesis Evangelion to watch it because I don't want to I don't want to get Netflix and I like I liked what I watched of it so far and like I think that overall like special features stuff like that I think it's the kind of thing that like will be worth owning a, a copy of it rather than just streaming it plus you never know like how long it'll stay on the streaming service and stuff like that because none of that stuff is forever you know yeah but there's all these other shows that, you know it's like we talked about Cobra Kai before I got to the point where I really enjoyed the first season finished it and then like trying to start the second season i was like i don't really want to go through this ride again it's like feeling like it's going to be the same ride where just everything goes wrong people make really bad choices and you know but yeah there's just there's too many options and you can't keep up with everything and uh it feels really nice to get to the point where it's like i don't care about trying to watch what everybody's talking about like i just want to watch what i feel like watching and then find people to talk about it with because they liked it too or just they want you know they want to have a conversation too, you know? Yeah. I'm really bad with keeping up with the superhero stuff. And when I, that was kind of my breaking point when I realized like, I don't want to, I don't want to keep up with this stuff. So I'm not going to try to anymore. I'm enjoying Hawkeye. I watched like, I think the first episode of WandaVision and I'm like, eh, I don't know. Maybe I'll be in the mood at some point to watch it. I, I never finished all the Netflix Marvel shows. Like they lost my interest at a certain point. I still haven't even watched, uh, like Shang-Chi and, uh, What's the uh, the Eternals? Yeah, I've I've seen Shang Chi, but not the Eternals yet. Yeah, and I think I'll like Shang Chi. Like knowing what I know about it, I think that that one I'll really like. Eternals, uh, I don't know. Like I've watched every Marvel movie, so I'll probably give it a shot at some time. But I also have like no real drive to. What I liked about Shang Chi is that it was a little different than the typical Marvel origin story. Like the the typical Marvel origin story seems to be some like overconfident or cocky person has some life-changing thing that makes their life bad and then they have to overcome that thing and in the process of overcoming it they become a hero you know that's like iron man that's doctor strange you know that's very much their it seems like a kind of paint by numbers origin story for that but shang chi was totally different because i guess this is minor spoilers but it's like it's not about him becoming, you know, the master of, of Kung Fu. It's about the fact that he's always been a master of Kung Fu and he's been trying to avoid it. 
his whole mm-hmm. life. And then he kind of gets sucked back into it and has to, to step back up into it. Uh, and that, that I thought was a, a cool difference. Yeah. In what we're used to seeing. And that's kind of an archetype for stories too, but it's one that we don't see all the time. Like you just said, like in superhero movies, it's always the first thing that you said, you know, and you could like take that and lay it over just about any superhero movie. And it's probably going to fit. Um, but then what you just said about Shang Chi, like having watched through all of Bruce Lee's movies in the not so recent uh, or not so distant past, um, not so recent past, what the heck? Um, <laughs> it uh, a lot of them were like that. You know, it's like he's in a situation where he's there to to help, and the bad guys come, and he doesn't want to like you know have to do everything that he could do. But then by the time he gets to the point where he has to then it's like that's when the awesomeness starts, you know, and they just kicking everybody's ass and nobody expects it because everybody underestimates people. So the I haven't, just to really put another zag into the zigzag, I haven't had any chance to play any video games recently. Just It's just not something I have time for. And I was thinking about, you know, if I wanted to play a video game, what I would even want to play right now. And nothing really seems appealing to me. And I have an idea of what I want, but I don't think it exists. Because what seems to appeal to me is the in-depth gameplay of like a long role-playing game. Something Mm -hmm. like a Skyrim or something like that. Where it's long and involved and it's the story that you kind of take my time working through. But at the same time, there's a lot of level ups and power ups and getting bigger and stronger and the character changing and developing and being capable of new things and, and stuff like that. So if there's a way to get that experience in a game that took like three or four hours to play, that I think would be my ideal game right now. Because I definitely don't have 60 or 80 hours to apply to some long role-playing game right now. So it's like, if I could get that experience just condensed into a really short time that would be great i think that that's what i would really like right now but i don't think that games like that quite exist because i think that there's probably a economic thing going on where it doesn't make sense to make a a complex game like that that is a really short game because typically it seems like games are priced based on how long they take to play yeah, you have to give you know, people the perceived know. value of either like infinite play or at least very very expansive play. Yeah. And it's it's changed the dynamic of games a lot. Like it, you see it differently in other games too. Like fighting games used to be fun to play repeatedly because you could play the story mode and beat it and you unlock a character or even if you unlock a costume or something like that, but you unlock something that's interesting enough to make you play through it. Um, you know, and then the other dynamic is playing to beat people, but you had to play face to face because games didn't have any other way to play back then. Mm-hmm. And now because you can play online, everything about fighting games is just built around competition. And if you want to unlock things, you pay money for it. And like for me, I have, I have zero interest in that. You know, um, I don't want to try to be better than people online because I'm never going to be good <laughs> enough to like, I'm, it's a fool's errand. Yeah. Like the, the enjoyment factor there will never mesh out for me you know it's like sports games work for me because like i like playing madden and i play madden ultimate team to build my team and they've designed that pretty well i think to where you could build your team without having to be competitive but it's it works because it's a system that is meant for people to be competitive but they've made it work for people who aren't too 
So, like, today I just was able to get enough coins together to upgrade my Debo Samuel to, like, uh, almost a top-ranked player. And that made me happy because he's my, like, one of my couple of favorite football players right now. He's a 49er. You know, so, like, that works for me. I don't want to play people online with Madden, period. Unless it's an, a, a friend that I actually know. And you know what? We both probably kind of suck. And, you know, that that's where the competitiveness of the game comes from. Is neither of us are that good. Mm-hmm. Um but I think for what you're talking about, if you go back to, like, I, I just talked about uh, the Zelda game that was remade. So it was more fun than playing, like, having to dig out an old system and play with the limitations of that. You know, it's smoother, it looks nicer, yada, yada. Um, I've really been enjoying these games that they're remaking like that. Um, I played Resident Evil 2. It was the, the remake of Resident Evil 2, and it looks really nice because it wasn't just ported, it was remade. And I had never played any Resident Evil games before. I had a lot of fun with that. So that that's one thing you might think about if you're thinking about what game to play right now where your time is more limited but you want it to be enjoyable is look for remakes of games that are a little bit older because they're remade to where they're meeting our expectations as far as quality of you know visuals and gameplay and stuff like that. Now even if it's not you know pushing the boundaries of visuals. Um, but... It, they're not like inventing a bigger game. It's the same game that it was before. So you know that it's going to be capped off on size because games were shorter before because they could only be so long because there's only so much storage, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. So there's your solution. Play Resident Evil 2. Okay. Uh, I probably won't do that, but <laughs> it's a good <laughs> suggestion. I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, I'm always interested to see what games uh, they are going to remake like that now. Um, I realize that trying to play some old games and just be like, no, this sucks. I don't want this. (laughs) Like it's, I I need the bells and whistles of, you know, smooth gameplay and like kind of nicer graphics now. But yeah, it, I, I've really enjoyed those, you know, like, like I just said, Link's Awakening was really fun to play. And I don't think I would have had the same enjoyment of it if I was just playing like the, the retro game. But then also, like I just said, Breath of the Wild, I could not enjoy that game. And I tried for two years to get myself to enjoy that game because it was too big and too expansive and too complicated. So, yeah. Gotcha. Okay. So when you find you a happy medium. Yeah, sure do. (laughs) All right. Okay, cool. Well, I think that's a good place to wrap up. This was a good zigzag back and forth, back and forth. So a good uh, standard 99th episode. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Broke off the uh, the podcasting rust last time with a, a more specific topic, and now we're getting our legs back under us. Yeah, sounds good. All right. Well, everybody out there listening, you probably know where to find us. I'm on Twitter at Bad Deacon, and my friend Paul here is on Twitter at Who's Paul. And if you found this episode, you probably know where to find more. So go and find more. And if you know where to find any of these professional podcasts I've been hearing about, let me know because uh, it would be cool to check one of those out. They're literally everywhere, Paul. Literally everywhere. Right, this, this is too much work. I'm going back <laughs> yeah. to listening to nothing. Okay. All right. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Bye.